הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכנה הפך קדוש המשבר הצבע ובבחן רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו רם נחן נובע מקו חוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגי מצמחה נע נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן ברוך השם today we're going to do three lessons תורה סמך דלת 64, 65, and 66. And we start with Torah Samech Dalet. Torah 64. כמו שאנו רואים ברכוש, אז ביסי נאצ'ולי, שכל מי שהוא עשיר, that everyone who is עשיר wealthy, יש לו שיגעון גדול, he has a great שיגעון, craziness. דנו, רבנו says, no, you want to know the answer to this? כי הממון עושה אותו משוגע, עושה אותו משוגע, that the money makes him go crazy, almost strange, and go in this, change his, the normality. כי הממון הוא מנפילת העשירות של הנביאים, because money, רבנו is explaining where money comes from. Money stems from the fallen wealth of the prophets. Because all the prophets were very wealthy. Page 38. When the prophecy comes to the prophet, it was as if he was mad. And he prophesied, he gave prophecies. And what did it say over there? Um... What does Rashi say? Ve'ishtate. He spoke deliriously. A little bit without uh, norma- uh, normalcy. So, as it says in Shmuel Aleph, chapter 18. And by these wealthy people, these super wealthy people, this money turns them into, turns this act, their normality into, their normalcy into genuine insanity. Meaning that money transforms them into shiga'on gamur, complete craziness. And therefore they've been made completely crazy through their uh, great wealth. And Rabbeinu say, there's exceptions, but they're very little. That the, the very wealthy, you see them, that they have a very different way of operating and they're, they're almost this strange way of being that uh, we can't even understand them a lot of the time. It's very crazy. Torah Samechei. When one avenges... Avenges the vengeance of the God of hosts, meaning Hashem Himself. When one avenges the vengeance of God, it's considered as charity. As the Tosfot writes in that Perek Ashutafin and Gemara Baba Batra, as the Tosfot writes on this, uh, what it says over there, it's Takate Romem Goy. It says in the Gemara, it brings the verse from Mishle that charity exalts a people. And what did it say over there? Elu Yisrael. This refers to Israel. that charity exalts the Jewish people. And the kindness of a nation is a sin. This represents the other nations, the Gentiles. That all the kindness in which they do is considered a sin. As I write over there in the Gemara, and they brought a proof from this person. Look over there in the Gemara, page 10b. And the Tosvot comment, comments over there. That this person, he gave charity. How? 
by taking revenge on behalf of God. So Rabbeinu explains, using the Tosfot, that Nimtza we find, that taking vengeance for Hashem is considered Tzedakah. Torah Samech Vav. And this is a very special Torah. It's, we're, going to, it's, we're going to do this entire Torah right now. It's a very, very special lesson. Um, a crucial one as well. Uh, may we uh, really apply what we're studying and pay attention very closely. Hatzadik hu mukhach la'asot shuvah be'ad Yisrael. The tzadik is obliged to do teshuvah on behalf of the Jewish people. And this is a klal Rabbeinu's teaching that is a very, very big chidush. So uh, underline it and do whatever you can, but know this very well, that the tzaddik is obliged to do teshuvah on behalf of the Jewish people. Meaning when one goes out of the line and throws off the yoke of the Torah, the mitzvot or whatever, then the tzaddik is obliged to do teshuvah on his behalf. By way of a parable, let's explain this. One time, Two people were traveling with a frightened and crazy horse. And the horse lifted these two people and threw them from the wagon, from the chariot. And one person got up who was thrown off the horse. And he began to hit this horse repeatedly. And he hit it very, very much. And a second person who was traveling with him said, and started laughing and started telling the first person who was hitting it, You're injuring your own hand. And what is effective, sorry, and what is effective about hitting this horse in the way you're doing so? All you need to do is take a strap or a riding whip in which they normally hit horses with. To hit it. And then this first man went and did so. And he took a strap and began to hit the horse. The horse got up and began running, uh, began running very frightened. And the horse fled and carried them and threw them off its back into mud and mire. And the horse ran and fled further on. Nimtza, the result of the story. The piece of advice that the second man gave him to go get a new whip also wasn't good because the horse fled and they still, the horse still threw him into modern mire. And they advised him to do like this. This was the best piece of advice. To take a beautiful rope to tie the tree, to tie the horse to a tree to hit it very much. And with this, he would teach the horse very well. And it wouldn't um, disobey. And he did so. And he hit the horse very much. And he tired himself out. He saw that this also wasn't good advice. Because the whole horse wasn't worth the effort and aggravation he had from beating it. And the only piece of advice, the only way to rectify the situation was to shoot a horse through a gun 
But this pains him very much, this person. The same is true of a person. Now, that's the end of the parable. Rabban was saying the only way to truly rectify the situation is the horse has gone crazy. The only way you can fix it is to shoot it. That's it, it's dead. It's a mad horse and you can't fix it. Anytime you try to ride it, it's going to throw you off. It's going to go crazy. It's going to flee, etc., etc., etc. But it hurt him very much, this person, to shoot the horse. Rabban was saying this is the same parable with regard to the situation you mentioned above. How the tzaddik is forced to do tshuva for a person who throws off the yoke of the Torah. The same is true of a person who goes outside the lines and he didn't behave properly. We cannot find a piece of advice to do with it, what to do with him. Because it would be possible to punish this person with himself or through a messenger, or through another manner. There's always ways to punish this person who throws off the yoke of the Torah. But all these punishments actually touch the tzaddik, they actually affect the tzaddik. As you see with regard to Hashem, that within all the Jewish people's pain, God has pain as well. So Rabbi was saying, with a person who throws off the yoke of the Torah, the tzaddik also feels that pain. So when you hit this person, and you punish this person, the tzaddik also feels that punishment. As we see with regard to Hashem, that Hashem feels pain in all the pain of the Jewish people. Because the Jewish people are a portion of God from up above. The Alken, and therefore, and therefore when we have pain, God forbid, God too has pain as if to say, the same is true with regard to the tzaddik as well. Because punishment is not good also for the tzaddik, as it says in Mishle, chapter 17. That punishing this man who throws off the yoke of the Torah will affect the tzaddik in a way that isn't good. Because the punishment, one punishes this person. With the punishment that we punish this person, it touch, touches and affects the tzaddik. And now we're going to explain how. Because a man is made up of the four elements. Look in the Zohar, Parashat Bereshit. Um, also explains this in Mishnah Chasidim about the four elements, etc. Lots of stuff. But this is brought in the Zohar. Zohar Parashat Bereshit, Davchav Zayin Amud Aleph. The man is made up of four elements. And what are the four elements? Esh Ruach Mai Fire, um, Air, water, and earth. And all these four elements are drawn from the simple element, Yesoda Pashut. This is the first and the simple element from which all the four elements stem from. And what's a simple element? It's the Tzadik. Tzadik is the element of the world. He's the foundation of the world. So the Tzadik represents that simple Yesod from which all the four elements stem from. The tzaddik, he's the aspect of the simple element from which all the four, other four elements stem from. And it says in Bereshit chapter 2 that a river emerged from Eden to water the garden. And from then, um, it split into four uh, heads, four sections. And from that uh, river, it split into four heads, four different other rivers. Now Rabbanu is going to explain this verse according to what we just mentioned. 
A river emerged from Eden. What does that mean? This represents the tzaddik, the foundation of the world. That simple element that we talked about. He is that simple element. From which separate, as we said above, that there was a, ridge, a river which emerged from Eden, which separated, etc. What, is, what, do you mean, what do you mean which separated? Meaning it's separated into four elements, which represent the four heads which that river separated into. That this river, which came from Eden to water the garden, then it got separated into four other rivers. So that river represents the tzaddik. And the tzaddik is that simple element who is that aspect of simplicity before that river, before those that simple element expands into four other elements. Everyone is drawn from the tzaddik. And therefore, because everyone is made from the four elements. And if the four elements stem from that simple element, which is the tzaddik, then everyone is drawn from the tzaddik. And therefore, therefore, if we were to punish one person, it hits and affects the tzaddik himself. That punishment is not good also for the tzaddik. This is what the masters of ethics have taught us. That when a person comes to the tzaddik and sees him, in the aspect of what it says in the verse, your eyes shall see your teacher. So when you fulfill that verse and you come to see your teacher, the tzaddik, it's fitting that you see yourself within the tzaddik. It's like the tzaddik is a mirror. That now, once you see the tzaddik, you're able to look within yourself, to, to have perspective, and to see within yourself, to reflect within yourself about all your traits. How he's holding in each and every one of them. How you're doing, basically, spiritually. Just by means of seeing the tzaddik. Just by seeing the face of the tzaddik. Because all the traits stem from those four elements. And look at lesson 4 of Likut Moran, section 8 over there. We discussed this idea. So if the four elements is what's... And, sorry, if all the traits of a person, for example, arrogance or humility or, or desire or all these things stem from these four elements. And these four elements stem from the tzaddik, as we, see, as we saw above. That means that once you see the tzaddik, you're seeing where you are holding in the four elements. Because Bayamet, the tzaddik has those four elements innate within him. And now you're able to reflect and see where you are holding. You're seeing yourself within the tzaddik. Because the tzaddik obviously encompasses a piece of you. And therefore, when you see the tzaddik, the tzaddik who represents a simple element. That from him stem all the four elements. It is fitting for this person that he should see and feel within himself how he's holding within all the traits which actually come from all the four elements which in turn are drawn from the tzaddik who is the aspect of the simple element as we said above. And this is what it says. And your eyes shall see your teacher. The first letters of that phrase have the same first letters in this verse. Or not this verse, the four elements. Fire, air, water, and earth. Take the first letters of those four elements. 
You have Aleph of Esh, the Resh of Ruach, the Mem of Maim, and the Ayin of Afar. And that is actually the same first letters within the verse Enecha Ro'otet Morecha. The eyes seeing the teacher. Which means what? That when you see the teacher, you're able to see where you're holding within the four elements, meaning within, within your traits. So Rabbi was saying that these, this verse, those four words, have the same uh, starting letters as the same letters which begin the words of the four elements. These are the four elements we mentioned. That from these four elements, are drawn all the, the traits of a person. Which are all in turn drawn from the tzaddik, as we said, because he's the simple element before it steps into four. And therefore, when you see the tzaddik, in which you're fulfilling the verse of what it says in Yeshaya, chapter 30, your eyes are seeing the, your teacher, your master. Through this, you're actually seeing yourself and how you're holding within all the traits. Which stem from the four elements, which he said is Aleph, Resh, Mem, Ain, Esh, Ruach, Ma'im, So when you see your teacher, you're actually seeing the four elements and how you're holding in each and every one of them. And those four elements are drawn from the Tzaddik. And this is why, as brought down in the Sefer Bar Shem Tov Torah, also in the section where it speaks about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Um, it says over there that the day after Yom Kippur is called Shem Hashem, the name of God. Shem Yudke Bavke, Shem Hashem. That's the day after Yom Kippur. Now Rabbi is going to explain why. Because after the day of Yom Kippur, then we reveal on the day after Yom Kippur, the name of Hashem is revealed. Meaning what's the shame of Hashem? The name of God is revealed the day after Yom Kippur. It's the name Yudke Bavke. Yud and He and Vav and He. That's the name that is revealed on the day after Yom Kippur. We're going to explain how. And this is Vizishin Itzavut Techav Lemachavat Yom Kippur. And this is exactly why immediately after Yom Kippur in the Torah we were we were commanded concerning Shabbat. Look in Shemot chapter thirty-five verse one, and look over there in Rashi. Look in um, yeah, look over there. Because the day after Yom Kippur, Hashem reconciled with the Jewish people and He appeased them basically. And He warned them about the works of the Mishkan, the labor of the Mishkan. Immediately He commanded about the Melechat Mishkan because Yom Kippur was a day of forgiveness where God forgave us for the golden calf. And immediately after, to teach us that He forgave, to show us that He forgave us, He commanded us with the Melechat Mishkan. And then Moshe gathered all the Jewish people and he warned them about Shabbat. In order to teach them not to be mistaken so that they don't think that the labor of the Mishkan should push off Shabbat. No, that Shabbat precedes the Mishkan. We find that the day after Yom Kippur, immediately after, it was a Ruach Shabbat. We were warned about Shabbat. Shabbat And Shabbat is the name of Hashem. And it's in the Zohar Kadosh. So what is the name? What is the day after Kippur called? Shem Hashem, the name of God. Which is what? Just another aspect of Shabbat. Because Shabbat, we said, it's in the Zohar Parashat Yitro, this week's parasha, that Shabbat is the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the day after Kippur is when we were commanded about Shabbat. To teach us what? 
that Shabbat precedes the building of the Mishkan. And now Rabbeinu continues, Ki az, because the day after Yom Kippur is when we reveal the name of God, which is what? Shabbat. Because when one person is punished, we uproot him from the source of his vitality. That's what happens when a person is punished. He's uprooted from his vitality. Because even other punishments are called death. It says in Shemot chapter 4, Because all those people who are seeking your soul, meaning who are seeking to kill you, are dead. Page 5a, that they were made poor, meaning that poverty is an aspect of death. That this punishment of poverty is an aspect of death. And the name is the life force, the vitality. We see the name of anything is its vitality. It says in Bereshit chapter 2, the living soul was its name. Meaning what? The name is that soul. It's the vitality. It's the chiyut of a person. It's the vitality of a person. I wanted to say, in the Gemara Yerushalmi, also Rashi breaks it down in many different places, that what? Ushmo meshutav bishmenu. His name, God's name, is associated with our name. Kibachol as if to say. That within our name, we have the name of Hashem associated with us. The Alken, and therefore, when the Jewish people have to suffer a punishment, God forbid, it actually touches God and affects God. Because the essence of punishment affects a person's vitality, as we said above. As we saw with the poor people, that they were basically considered as if they were completely dead. Meaning it, it touched their vitality. The, the punishment of poverty touched their vitality. So we see when a person is punished, it touches their vitality. Shu Hashem, which is the name of a person. And His name is associated with our name. So when it touches the name of a person, which is His vitality, because we said the name of a person is actually His life force. Nefesh chayahu shemo. The living soul was its name, meaning the name is the life of the soul. So if we are punished, that means our name is punished because the name is our, the source of our vitality. And when we're punished, the, the source of our vitality is punished, it is affected. So when we are punished, our name, is, our name is affected. And when our name is affected, God by default is affected because His name is associated with our name. So that's the, the line and the structure that was teaching us. The Alken, So therefore, whenever we are punished, it touches and affects our life force, which is the name of the, which is our name, and our name is associated with God, because how, His name is associated with our name, as we said. And therefore, when Moshe said, after they committed the, the sin of the golden calf, the Jewish people, Moshe went and pleaded to God and told them, "But if not, erase me from your book. If you don't want to forgive them, erase me from your book." And says Shemot chapter thirty-two. What did God respond? Whoever has sinned against me, I'll wipe him out. What happened? And what did it say over there? Look in the Gemara Barachot, page 32. And the Midrash Rabbah, Parashat Kitisa. Parashat um, Ben Dalet over there. And the Midrash in Kohelet. What did it say? That Moshe seeked out and he requested that God do it for the sake of his great name which is associated with our name. That God forgive us because of His great name, which is associated with our name. 
כי מאחר ששמו יתברך בשתו בשמנו, now Rabbi is explaining, because, because now that Hashem's name is associated with our name, נמצא כשיעניש אותם, therefore, if God were to punish the Jewish people, נוגע את עצמו יתברך כביכול, it's as if he's harming himself, as if to say, כן נתקל על הדיסר הבא, this is why the Chachamim say in the Gemara Megillah, page 10b, he does not rejoice. Because God Himself is affected. Because His name is associated with our name. When God reconciled with the Jewish people on the day of Yom Kippur, and He said, I've forgiven you according to your word. Then what happened when God said that, when he forgave us? God's name was greatened. God's name which is associated with our name was made great. And therefore, immediately after when we were forgiven and God's name was elevated, then we were commanded about Shabbat, the day after Kippur. Because Shabbat is the name of Hashem. So if the name... Of Hashem, by the fact that He forgave us, was greatened. Why? Because Hashem forgave us, which means He didn't punish our name. And by not punishing us, which means affecting our name, He did not affect His name in turn. That means God's name was greatened, elevated. So therefore, what did Hashem do? He commands us about Shabbat. And what is Shabbat? Shabbat is the name of Hashem. And therefore, immediately after Kippur, because God's name was greatened, He commanded us about Shabbat because that is the greatness of His name. Shabbat is God's name. Therefore, the day after Yom Kippur, we call it Shem Hashem, the name of Hashem. Because after the forgiveness that we attained on Yom Kippur, God's name was greatened. And that's why we were commanded about Shabbat. And by the way, this is very significant. Look at the Gutan Achol Rabbi Natan has an amazing, amazing, has amazing Chidushim about this Indian. Especially with regard to this idea of Yudke Vavke, the Shem Hashem, Shem Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke represents the, the source of the four elements, because that's four letters, etc. It's all very deep and it's all very connected. Um, but Ba'uch Hashem, it's a very special lesson. Maybe we have the ability to renew ourselves and Be'ezrat Hashem, may Hashem take all the punishments off of us, all, all the Jewish people. Be'ezrat Hashem, may we see the Ge'ulah, Be'ezrat Hashem, Amen.